0: Welcome to Brian as a mayor, a brand new podcast aimed at all Brian Rose fans across the globe campaigning to get him elected as a new mayor of London on the 6th of May. I'm Nobuko, your host, and a passionate Brian fan who's thrown herself into his campaign as a volunteer and having a great time. My guest today is Phil Tannicliffe. He's a military man of more than 12 years experience, in the elite SAS and in the commando unit. He's led a dramatic life, and he's been through clinical depression, near bankruptcy, and only three years ago, lymphatic cancer. But every time, he's bounced back stronger. And for three years, he's been cancer free, and now works as a freelance cameraman, filming sporting events for Sky, ITV and the BBC. So welcome, Phil.
1: Hello, Nabucco.
0: You've led a dramatic and varied life, but you've never been in politics.
1: Uh, No. But you've
0: signed up for Brian. What's changed you? Why? What's so different this time?
1: Um, I think life is politics. So I I, I suppose I've been involved in politics all my life in that respect, Um, but... Uh, I think there's quite a common theme. I, uh, as you know, I've got a dog who's sitting right next to me. I just showed you before we started. Uh, uh, his name is Stormy. And I, I take him for long walks across the park, right opposite. And whilst walking, I thought I need to do something rather than just listen to music. And so I got into podcasts. And whilst searching for decent podcasts, because there's so many... I found London Real and I found Brian. And uh, I think the very first podcast was a guy from Liverpool who had gone to America, set up an ecstasy factory, got involved with the mob, he got arrested, nearly went to prison forever, a guy named Sean Atwood. And he got me into uh, listening to podcasts and listening to Brian in particular. And that was probably about 18 months ago so Brian has been a constant companion uh, almost every day. And then in October, I suddenly see Brian pop up and say, I'm running for the mayor of London. And I was gobsmacked. I, um, uh, I'll i be a little bit rude. I thought, my God, you've got big balls. <laughs> 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 and that's that's genu- genuinely what I thought. Um, Um, And my immediate second thought was, what a fantastic candidate for the mayor. And I thought, I've got to get involved. And so that was the beginning of my journey. Um, Listening to Brian, realising there was somebody who was as sharp as a razor. I'm quite bright, but I'm not an academic. And Brian makes me look like a, a knuckle dragger with his intellect. And and I just thought, with what's going on in London currently, with the mayors that we've had or the nightmares we've had, as I should call them, I I thought I couldn't. I don't think we could find a better candidate, and that's that was the start of my journey.
0: And you went to his campaign quite early, didn't you? I mean, you signed up as a volunteer, as the rest of us, about eight months ago. But you went along to one of his town hall meetings last November. I did.
1: Well, initially I wrote an email, uh, to Brian, uh, I think a, a full page of A4 giving him a bit of my background and why I was quite passionately wanted to be involved. And, uh, I didn't get a response. <laughs> and I, uh, I did speak to Paul, uh, uh who's Paul, behind Frost. The scenes. Yes. Paul Frost. He's yeah. Who's, yeah who's, who's the head honcho behind the scenes. And I, uh, he he said, "Look, we get so many emails, and because it's London, London real, and all the other stuff going on, um, I, I could forgive them for, for allowing my my email." Uh, but
0: when you went to his town hall meeting back in November, so,
1: yes, was, I mean,
0: it was the very beginning of the campaign, and there were only about thirty or forty people there. You said, "Well,
1: uh, so what was he like? What was, was that wrong, like?" There wasn't even that many actually. So oh, really? okay, uh, I remember hearing Brian saying he's going to visit. The 32 boroughs. Yes, well, you've, got, you've got to learn to say borough. I'm afraid. Uh, so Brian kept going about these boroughs. He was, you know, uh, that he was going to visit all 32, and so I kept a lookout for when he was going to be in my area, and I got a phone call from a guy named Gary Roy Hilson, who's been a friend of mine for donkey shares, who's now part of the campaign team. He said, "Phil, Brian is just down the road tomorrow, or might have been." this evening, it was, it was a few hours notice. Do you want to make it? And I thought, oh, I can't, I've got to go for a run. I've got to take the dog out. I've got to feed the kids. But you know, something, I thought, you know, for every disciplined effort, there are multiple rewards. And so I made an effort and I got there and uh, it was in a beautiful old hall. I don't know whether it was a church hall previously or whatever. It's beautiful setting in Tower Hamlets. And all all the chairs were spaced two metres apart. And I guess there was probably about 20 people there. And uh, Paul gave an introduction and then out came Brian. And uh, uh, there was the man I'd been listening to for uh, 18 years. And immediately I, I just saw the passion he had and he, and he mentioned, I think two or three of, of, um, uh, of the things he, he wanted to put into his manifesto and i was i was i was in i was in 100% straight away um i wanted mm-hmm. to be involved there was um after the the chat that brian gave we uh, went into another room where he had what he calls swag which is all the, the mugs and the t-shirts and bits and bobs
0: so he was giving away his swags
1: he was right giving the away start. the swag it yeah, was very um, generous of him i think it was it really was and, and yeah. the, you know, it makes a change months.
0: from most politicians who are there to receive donation and give nothing in return?
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, you know, and it was high quality stuff. This was not yes. nonsense. It was good stuff. But I mean, that wasn't the reason we were there. Um, and then we lined up and we all got to speak to Brian. Um, I had actually uh, spoken in the hall uh, when he, when Brian was asking questions. But actually, actually, what happened is when he turned the, um, the cameras on us, he had a film crew there, of course, uh, I was asking a question about COVID. And just before I launched into my rant about lockdown and what have you, he said, well, tell us a little bit about yourself. And I related the story about my brush uh, my, uh, with cancer and, uh, and how I treated it as a, a temporary illness. I never, uh, and we had a chat yesterday, obviously, and you know a bit about the history about this, but I, I was never uh, fearful Yes, you said you
0: knew 100 percent that you will beat it. Oh, absolutely you had no did, yeah. doubt during the eight I, months of your fight. You have no yeah. doubt whatsoever.
1: In, indeed, uh, and you did. Months. You proved it yourself was, to be right. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't have a doubt, and, um, and 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 you could hear a pin drop while I was talking um, because cancer, for most people, we have this. We we, we all have this self talk inside our heads, and. And the very word cancer is a scary word. For most people- They made it scary. They made it scary. Well, I guess so because of, of, you know, the implications of what it meant or what it used to mean. Um, And I I have a sense of humor that I've I've used throughout my life. And uh, I made a joke even about the word cancer and that internal voice for the word cancer, it always sounded like the actor, Ray Winston. If you're familiar with Ray Winston, he talks like this, and the words you hear, you've got cancer. You know, <laughs> it's it's that scary, you've got cancer, you're <laughs> going to die. And it's never uh, a female or an effeminate voice. You know, it's said, you you've got cancer. But it's amazing. <laughs> Once I was diagnosed, there was no fear for me whatsoever. I was fascinated. I wasn't frightened. And... Basically, um, it's
0: attitude of mind, you want to say.
1: I... I Yes, I I didn't do a blog when I had cancer, but I used Facebook as my springboard. And I, I did some people well, not that long ago, people used to hide from cancer. They wouldn't tell people they'd got it.
0: No. I
1: wanted my journey and I wanted to share it to help people. And so I detailed everything. When I was having my chemo, I would show them with the drip in my arm, I'd smile all the way through my treatment. I would explain every nuance of what I went through. And, and um, oh, I, I get quite emotional thinking back to it now, blimey. Yeah. Um, and, the, and the messages I received from people who said, my God, uh, first of all, they thought I was brave. Well, I wasn't brave. I, I, I don't I think, think- you were. I, I, I think I, you can I, give I, yourself a credit. I, 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 I don't know. It's, it's a, people say, no, you're really brave. I thought, no, I, listen, I've got something. And I, I described it to myself as a temporary illness. Um, I always use words that are positive. Yeah. That are gonna, that they're going to help me rather than, uh, uh, th- th- than be negative. So, as I say, I, I went on various websites for cancer, and people were saying, I've just been diagnosed. I'm devastated. And I'd write back and I'll say, Why are you devastated? I said, why aren't you excited about the journey you're about to be on? And that's very hard for some people because, you know, it's it's not a particularly... And you, you
0: think, do you think you're stronger now than you were before your cancer?
1: I, Mentally, I'm no, anyway. I'm no different. I, no I, difference. I'm, I'm the same. But um, you've been
0: through this journey.
1: It is a journey, yeah. Yeah,
0: and you've got more friends as a result, I'm sure. Well... Because
1: you shared your journey with everyone. Yes. Uh, and it's interesting how my journey and and the detail i put a lot of detail into what i yeah. was explaining from having the you know the, the thing i hated more than anything but bar nothing was having the um injection uh, into the the cannula
0: yeah 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 yeah
1: i used to hate that and i had more blood tests than you can imagine there's blood tests for this blood tests for this. every day you're in hospital you got blood yeah, yeah 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 and again my humor came to the fore and i i said to my consultant really deadpan one day. I said, uh, you are doctors, you lot, aren't you? And this consultant gave me a very peculiar look. And uh, I said, well, I've, I've given you so much blood, I, I, I thought you were uh, all vampires. <laughs> 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 and, and I just used, used humour all of the time. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm an eternal child, really. Anyway, I, I, so
0: back to Brian. So you told this story.
1: Yes. Yeah,
0: in Brian's town hall
1: meeting indeed, and, and then, obviously
0: he connected with you because he has the same mental attitude as you do he, he well
1: he he's positive I him, in everything yeah and uh when I shook hands and had another photo with him he said man he said that story you told down there he said you could hear a pin drop he said you captured the room and I, I, I well I, I didn't do it to capture the room or anything it was just that was this that you asked me what my background was and and it related to COVID that's that's yeah. the whole reason I said that I was allegedly, uh, extremely clinically vulnerable. Yeah. I said, but I, 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 I and back then, uh, well, I think the jury is still out on some of the, the deaths from COVID, uh, you know. Uh, I know that there are thousands per week die from cancer. I, did, I don't know what the figures are now. I haven't gotten in front of me. But it, it's phenomenal. And heart disease and Alzheimer's and then suddenly COVID comes along and these diseases were ignored. Yeah. Um, I actually did look the figures up today. Yeah. They, there's an estimate of, um, of, of potential deaths from cancer because yeah. they didn't get treatment for, from COVID. And it's a wide estimate, but they reckon between 7,000 and 18,000 people oh will goodness. die with in, in excess of the normal cancer deaths. And you know, I know Brian is on the same song sheet as, as I am and many Essentially,
0: others. Essentially, but... it's more dangerous, It's claiming more lives, taking more lives than COVID itself.
1: Yes. yes. And, and so I, I think got... the way that, that COVID was handled was, was wrong. Um, and, and that's a whole debate in itself, isn't it? Uh...
0: Yes. And um, there's a doctor, oh, the name escapes me, an ex-NHS consultant. And he said, um, the head of public health should be uh, worried about public health in general and yet he only thinks he talks about this COVID.
1: Yes, um, yeah, uh, so uh, um, I, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm anti-mask, but I didn't want to walk around with a mask uh, even though I was extremely clinically vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and it's only the NHS saying I'm extremely clinically vulnerable. I have had my tests, I've had my scans, I'm completely free of cancer my immune system will no doubt have returned to to where it was previously and so i wasn't worried about um, uh,
0: covid no
1: well yeah i was going to say a nasty flu bug but i know that's that 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 upsets some people when you say that yeah i mean it is a coronavirus which is related to the flu virus yeah. and the other thing was it the the fatalities from COVID were a very, very minor group of society.
0: Less than 2%, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, those figures, Mm, you know. It's hard um, to know what's the correct figure. Yeah.
0: You you told this story to Ram because you thought the way COVID was handled was wrong.
1: Yes, uh, Yes. I do. Uh, And and I think the media created a, a, a wave of panic and fear. And that in itself... Uh, attacks your immune system if you're frightened. You, of you know. course. Um, Anything of course. negative will attack your immune system. Yes.
0: Um,
1: but- in, in, in fact, going back very quickly to my cancer thing, my, my best friend who I met when I was doing SAS selection in 1980, who's been my best friend for 36 years, was killed. Uh, he was a stuntman in some of the big Hollywood movies, and he was killed in China um, four years ago. And there was a, a, a nightmare of fighting with his estranged family to bring the body home. And I was his best friend for 36 years. We were closer than brothers. In fact, we almost became brother-in-laws because he dated my sister for quite some time. But I went through a very traumatic period, losing the best friend I've ever known. And following that, my immune system was shot to pieces. I had blotches coming out on my neck and face. Yeah. For four months, I had... It was a strain. We never even got to uh, have a, 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 a proper funeral because his brother took over the whole thing. Maybe so this uh,
0: blotches is a result of depression. fear. Yeah,
1: I, I had shows a
0: how mental... Um, oh, illness, my word. I was,
1: yeah. I was very, very low immune system. And shortly after, I ended up with cancer. And, and my cancer was of the white blood cells, which is your immune system. So I think there was a, a cause and effect there. I see,
0: It's um, very interesting.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, it was a traumatic time. Four months of, of hell, of, of getting his body back, trying to get... A, we couldn't so, even go to the funeral. Did they you made, get
0: the answer you wanted from Brian when you told your story about cancer and COVID? Basically, you wanted to know what his, um, how he would deal with COVID. Was, was well, that what yes. you wanted?
1: Well, um, yes. Obviously, um, I think he mentions it in here that never... Uh, never again, in the, in the manifesto. manifesto, yeah. Yes, uh, never again should we have a lockdown without a plan to get out of it. And the way lockdown was done, it's dist- the, the collateral damage from yes. COVID is, I think, going to be much worse than COVID ever was. Yes. So the cure was worse than the disease. And I think, Brian, uh, we're on the same page in that respect. I think it was mishandled. Okay, it was a disease that was unknown um, that went across the globe and um, people were dropping like flies, but not the healthy people. Uh, And again, that brings me around to another policy of Brian's, which is the the health first. Yes, yes. Um, Something I've been passionate about my entire life. Um, I've stayed fit and healthy. I turned 65 years uh, old in March of this year. I'm pretty much the same weight, shape, size that I've been for the past 40 odd years, since I've been yeah. an adult pretty much. Yeah. And success leaves clues. And many of the diseases that the NHS have to deal with today are self-inflicted. Um, you know, the obesity crisis, uh, people, the depression, alcohol, um, not, no exercise. People would rather sit on the couch watching television, watching aimless right. nonsense, you know, reality television and stuff. And if only, now here's the thing, if only the media would pick up on looking after your own body and what you put inside it, as much as they put in, into frightening people with COVID, we would have such a healthy society.
0: But you work for the main media, Phil. You are a cameraman, freelance cameraman. You have yeah. a glamorous job of well, know, no, filming, it's not glamorous. um boxing world titles and things. And you um, work for Sky, BBC and ITV. And they've been all but ignoring um, Brian during this mayoral campaign. BBC didn't, BBC just had two candidates debating, ITV the other day only had three candidates debating, you know, Nib Dem, BBC and ITV. So, I mean, what do you say about them behaving the way they are doing?
1: Well, I what think...
0: It's, about this I, campaign, this American campaign? Uh,
1: <clears throat> I, I don't work on the news um, <laughs> media, so I, I work in sports television. So I I bring pictures to your television screen if you're a boxing fan or a football fan or a or what you know, um, so I am not involved in in that you know the side of, of getting people interviews and what have you. I just I sit behind the camera or stand behind the camera. Yeah, and but you
0: mix with people in, in the uh, TV network. Yes,
1: um, <clears throat> completely different. It's it's a completely separate organisation from what I work in. Okay. Uh, however, I'm scathing of of the way that there were only two candidates shown on that initial. Going back now BBC, a while ago. Yes. Yeah, on the BBC, I didn't even watch it to be honest. Why
0: waste
1: waste my time? (laughs) You know. And I have been saying to Brian and his team since I've been involved, when and how are we gonna get mainstream media? And it's taken a while, but it is there now, you know, double page spread in the times, double page in the evening standard, you know, which is the main London newspaper. I was I thought it was fantastic. I actually went out and 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 um uh, and, and, and grabbed a few copies. I did too. Yeah, yeah. The
0: first time in months and months that I ever <laughs> picked up a copy yeah. of The Evening Standard. Yeah. Actually,
1: I couldn't, my, my local station normally has them, but they had none. And I actually found one that had been read in, in the local supermarket, which I got. And then I, I drove to find a, 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 a new copy, which I got. Um, but, the, you know, the, the, so, so Brian has started now to get mainstream media coverage. And, and that's showing up when you're on the street campaigning. When I first started with the leaflets, uh, I think my first ever session was in Stratford in East London when the big boards were up with the big uh, media boards with Brian's picture on them. And it was, you know, some people had heard about Brian, most would scurry past with the heads down and the masks on, not interested, you know, because nobody knew really about the mayoral elections when we started campaigning. No. Ryan was out there uh, way before um, the mainstream, or the main candidates were. He was out there, you know, on the street. Um, and prior to lockdown, of course, he was touring the boroughs, uh, going to the places exactly where I met.
0: And do you think all that's changed in the, in the six weeks?
1: Oh, I think it's... Uh, um, I, I've seen a change. I, I went out, uh, as I say, flying solo yesterday. I felt guilty because I, I I hadn't campaigned during the day yesterday. I was busy. Yes, I was and very impressed that because you had to
0: miss day campaign because of your work. Yes, yeah. you campaigned on your own at night after you oh, got home. I did the military man for you. Yes, I, I was very
1: impressed. I, I I I just thought I've got to do something. I I, I um. In fact, my friend Gary, who I mentioned earlier, um, had suggested the Freedom March for the campaign, and in the end, I think ten of the uh, of Brian's inner circle campaigners went to that. It was a huge success, and Gary took um, uh, actually purchased out of his own pocket a sound system and a megaphone, and so they played music. They had some sound bites from Brian. They had the manifestos there. They had uh, all their T-shirts on and I've seen some of the video footage. And because of the atmosphere that something like a feeder march, there was hardly any resistance for people to take a manifesto or a pamphlet. Wow. And, and 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 it was just fabulous to see people. And 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 Gary was on the megaphone saying, you know, let's get Sadiq Khan out. We we want to open the London Not, and we've got you know, and he was quoting the policies that Brian's got, and people were taking the pamphlets and and I, I I have no idea how many people they reached, but it must have been thousands in, in that one so that day. That was yesterday. It was yes, only just yesterday. In Hyde Park. Yeah, they finished, they finished yes. it at uh, about six, uh, 1800 hours yesterday. Yes.
0: So when you did solo campaigning the day before on Friday night,
1: no, no, this was yesterday. This was, it was last night, Nabucco. I went Last out. night
0: you went out. Oh, yes, last night. Okay, right. Yeah. Yes. To Sainsbury's and to Waitrose on your own, what, what, what were the shoppers' reactions like?
1: Well, uh, here's a funny thing, right? I I got into my car, went to the end of my street, and I would normally turn left to drive to Stratford, but it was chock-a-block with traffic right up to the end of my street. That's very, that doesn't happen. the, the, the the, The traffic lights for the main turning are a good half a mile on the left turn, yet the traffic was half a mile backed up to where I live, almost. And that's a direct result uh, guess what? Of the Freedom low March? Traffic, low traffic networks. Low traffic networks. Because the it's normal routes. Great idea, up. yes. So I turned right, instead of left, and I went up to Leighton. And I thought, where can I go? And I thought, I'll go to Tesco, the big Tesco car park. And I leafleted all the cars up in the car park. Okay. Uh, avoiding the security cameras and, and the guys collecting trolleys. And did they take leaflets from you? Oh yes, yeah. some of the shoppers, I was if, if people walking past, I was giving them the leaflets. Um, and it, what was the reaction
0: wasn't... like? Were well,
1: they eager to take it? Um, some were, yes. Have heard of Ryan? A better reflection would be when I went to my normal stomping grounds for leafleting, yeah. which is the big steps that lead up to Westfield Shopping Centre in Stratford. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, you know, this is the obviously the home of the 2012 Olympics. The 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 the, the the whole area's changed now we've got skyscrapers, we've got lights, we've got glass buildings, we've got the um, yeah yeah, I've
0: been there yes yes, yes. But
1: so you know what it's like yeah. um so on those steps i uh, I started handing out my leaflets and did you hand out leaflets or manifestos i was I didn't have many manifestos, okay. uh, so I was mostly leaflets okay and the difference between campaigning. Uh, yesterday and when we first started, there's people. Some were coming over to me and oh, oh, I know this guy. I know Brian. I've seen him. And and it, it's a much easier job now. So the the groundwork that Brian's done and the team. We never yeah. must, we must never forget the team. Yeah. Very small and 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 um, and let's give them a round of applause. The team in yeah, 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 yeah. the background, um, headed headed by Paul Frost and 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 and, and, and literally there's about five of them. They have put together a campaign like no, none other. I I would have thought, and I, I is said it this like a military
0: speech, campaign? like
1: campaign. Well, I would have thought there's 20 people were were yeah. were, were, were putting this campaign together, but it's yeah. literally from the brains of a, a handful of people, and they are really to be congratulated on putting together a superb campaign. I, I've seen it unfold from nothing okay. into what has become a major. Uh, political campaign and one that um, we talked about this ye- uh, yesterday where you put me on the spot uh, one which uh, we really could see Brian Rose as our next mayor of London on the 7th of May I say the 7th because they've got to count the votes uh, uh, overnight or whatever okay
0: okay yeah and you said you know when you had cancer from the word go you had no doubt that you will beat it. You had absolutely no doubt whatsoever. And that you talked to your cancer cells, you, the, 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 every molecule of your body cells every day. And I asked you whether you feel as, a, as certain of Brian win as you are of beating cancer. And you said yes. So um, you weren't just saying that to please me. You meant it, didn't No, you,
1: um, you actually put me on the spot. <laughs> Uh, and you said, uh, you actually asked the same question, just going back to that cancer thing, um, that cancer thing, as though it's a, it's a you know, uh, uh, I'll come back to that because it's such an important part of my life. When I was diagnosed, I thought, oh my God, I've got all this treatment to go through. And I was on blogs reading about people who'd been to exactly the same journey. And I remember feeling a twinge of envy for somebody who'd finished their treatment and had been given the all clear. And I hadn't yet started my chemotherapy. And I thought, oh, you lucky sod. I thought, wow. And and it seemed, you know, I I had eight sessions every three or four weeks. And I thought, hmm, how lucky to have gone through it and be at the other end and looking back. And I hadn't even started yet. And I thought, oh, it's gonna be a long old journey. And people were saying, that had been through it, said, Phil, you will look back and you'll think it went in a heartbeat. And at times during the treatment, it didn't feel like that. But looking back, it did go in a heartbeat. Looking back, it, it's, um, it, happened. it, just, it just went so quickly. But here's the thing. Once you start the treatment, you're on a roller coaster. And you've got an appointment here. You. You, 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 this is something you can't you can't put this off. You've got to. Yes, go I knew it. Phil,
0: but you said you believe in cosmos. You don't. You, you believe you believe in, in in a greater force, and you somehow sense that there's this cosmos protecting yes.
1: you. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a religious person. I, I grew up in a religious uh, sort of a religious family, but I, I fell out. Uh, I, I'm a non-believer. I'm an atheist now. Uh, I'll my mm-hmm. nail my, my, I'll nail my uh, cards to the mast. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't go into religion because well, <laughs> I'll leave, I'll, okay. but tell I'll leave me about cosmos.
0: Tell me about the cosmos, well, yes, your I, relationship to the cosmos.
1: Well, I... And how does I that voice great, is telling you? I have a great affinity with nature. I, I, when, I think when you see a sunset and a sunrise, or when you see the ocean lit up by the sun setting, and when you see the grass and the trees and you're, you see a field and the, the wind's blowing a mm-hmm. field or a wheat field or whatever, there's something... Oh, and when your children are born, I've I've got three children and watching them being born, that's all a part of mother nature. And there's a magnificence about about the natural world. Mm -hmm. And if somebody said to me, you have to choose a God, um, I'd say nature is my God. That's that's And and, and the things that happen within nature, um, I I think there's, oh, and and we're just a tiny part, our world, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. our little blue globe is mm-hmm. just a mini-school. It's beyond mm-hmm. comprehension, I think, to be honest, mm-hmm. about the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there is a force that operates out there. And I'll give yes. you one example. I'll give you one example of that. Um, and and it'll, it'll, it's like from uh, David Attenborough's point of view, there are species of, of birds, I think, that come from one part of the globe And somehow they got transferred um, to another part of the world. And and the uniqueness of these birds is that they break their eggs using a rock, I think it is. They get their beaks and they break, uh, not not eggs actually, it's uh, mollusks on the shoreline, uh, snails and what have you, for their food. And there's no way that information was handed down to them um, thousands of miles away in a different part of the world. And so somehow that was in their DNA, yeah. To know how to do that. So, yeah. so, so, there's a there's a power out there. Mother yeah. Nature has a power. And I, and, and I, when I said the cosmos, I mean like the universe. Yes. There's some some greater some greater force out there. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That makes so things that. happen.
1: Yeah, and um, and that's what cured you. Well, cured you, um, and I you also had faith in not. it. I, I, I did a lot of personal development and, and, and the study of the psychology of success for many, many years I've been involved in that. And also hypnosis. I was fascinated by hypnosis from a very early age and I learned how to hypnotize and also use self-hypnosis. And I used some, um, I mentioned this to you yesterday, uh, there's a technique well-known and established technique in um, psychology, particularly in neuro-linguistic programming or neuro-associative conditioning, as one of the practitioners prefers to call it, where you, uh, you, you, if you want to change a behavior or a pattern of behavior or something about you, you can actually talk to the part of your body that creates a negative um, behavior. And, to win that part, because we do things, we, we self-destruct, some people self-destruct, they have got bad habits. How do you change those? Well, you can actually talk to the part of your mind or your being or your body or your soul that's creating that behavior. And the way you talk to them, this might be really bizarre for some people, but I think it was one of the things that got me through cancer and cured me like that. Um, and
0: You're talking to the negative parts of your body.
1: Yes, but before you can talk to anyone, this whether you're campaigning whether you meet someone in a pub or whether you whatever is you need to gain rapport um it, and, and and that can be the tone of your voice it can be the the, the, the way you stick your if your arms are closed like this that normally is a sign that you're not open to any uh, input you know from someone else or whatever so um I'll, I'll go off on a tangent and just explain this that what I did with my cancer cells is yeah. I I but can started- you use a-
0: Can you use the same technique to political campaign?
1: Um, You can use certain of these techniques to gain rapport with people. Um, When you're
0: talking to potential voters, yeah. uh,
1: Well, what happens is if you do it for long enough and you learn this stuff, it becomes subconscious. Yeah. So I'm quite a gregarious um, extrovert type of person. But if I was talking to somebody who was an introvert and quiet, quietly spoken, if I suddenly came up to them and said, hey, listen, you've got to vote for Brian, <laughs> they, would, they, would, they, they would shrink back and shriek back in horror. But I, I, I do, I've done this for so long now that I can almost... Um, I'm not going to go full on to somebody that looks a little bit timid. I'll say... I'll, I'll make conversation. I'll gain rapport somehow. I'll say, oh, I love the outfit you're wearing. I mean, it's corny, but I did that yesterday. Some guy was wearing a, quite a nice tracksuit. I said, hey, that looks really cool, man. Da, 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 da. Oh, by the way, have a campaign leaflet. And, you know, just anything like that. You know, some lady was eating ice cream. I said, save me some. Just breaks the ice. It gains a little bit of oh. rapport. Um, and that's minor stuff. You know, when I was dealing with, with my own body cells that had turned renegade, That was a far more serious issue, and but I spoke to them. I said, "Hi guys, my cancer cells. I'm chatting to you now." And this might sound like I've lost the plot to some people, but this works. It genuinely, it really. I
0: know because you proved it yourself. Yeah. Yes, you're a hundred percent healthy man now. Even doctors,
1: even doctors and consultants, were saying to me, uh, you know. I would, oh, I could go on for hours about cancer and, and, and the way I dealt with it. I would go into the chemo ward. Um, I jokingly called it the death ward because I used to find humour in everything. I thought, oh, I've got to go get my rat poison today. And they would take you in in a, a batch of like three or four or five people at a time. The nurse would come and collect you out of the waiting room. So right, come on in, you come. And. Uh, um, a chemo ward is basically incredibly comfor- comfortable chairs that recline and go forward and you can lift your legs up, you can back, your backrest moves, the armrests move, they're all electric, you know, you've got control for them. They really are comfortable because you're going to be sitting there sometimes for hours having a, 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 an IV drip in you. And you would go in and, and the nurse would say, right, find yourself a spare uh, chair stroke bed and, and we'll come and put the cannula in or the cap whatever it is. And I remember sitting, one day I sat down next to this younger lad who put, I used to go with a bag of goodies and and little treats and things I could eat and and read a book and stuff. And I put my stuff down and I got on this chair next to this guy and the nurse went to him first. And she said, oh, hello, Mr. Smith or whatever his name was. How are you? And he went, oh, not very well. Oh, she said, why was it? He went, oh, I'm not eating. I feel sick. And... Uh, I'm done. Uh, and I, I the first thing I did was pick my bag up and went to another chair because I wouldn't in I wouldn't be involved in anything that was negative everything I did had yeah. to be positive and I didn't want to be next to somebody who. Was, oh you know I decided from day one I would smile throughout my entire treatment and okay. the doctors and the nurses noticed it they, they actually came up and said you know, there I am, potentially facing, you know, uh, death. And I was smiling. I'm going, come on, go on, give me my rat poison. And um, the doctor said, you know, although it's, it, it, it's not a strict science, the, the mind body connection, you know, if they inject a drug, they can work out what it does to you. But if you concentrate and say, oh, I want to get rid of cancer cells in my body, there's no way for them to test that per se. No. But there, there, there are, you know, placebo. The placebo effect is enormous. You know, a, yeah, a particular...
0: it's great. Yeah. So basically, it's your own attitude, talking to your uh, cells, your own attitude, and striking a rapport with your cells, and also yeah. the power of the cosmos, believing in the bigger force, the combination of these two. Yeah. And tell me, so when, so we both believe that there are bigger forces working to get Brian into the City Hall well, for some reason?
1: <laughs> yes. Um, I, I think he is, you know, um, he started small and the momentum grew. Um, you know, it's a bit like throwing a, po- a stone in a pond. Initially, there were ripples were just in the central pond, and they spread now, and more and more people are getting the message. Interestingly, on the street, something you notice is the people that are anti-Sadiq Khan. People coming over and saying, Oh, yeah, tell me more about Brian Rose, because I'm not voting. I, I used to vote for Sadiq Khan, but I'm not voting anymore. He has alienated the, the people in London. And right. when you look at when you look at the policies of Brian, uh, well, let's just look at look, look at Brian for a second. Um, I'd listened to him for the best part of a year, and and by osmosis, almost you get to know a person. You hear, you hear him asking questions. More than anything, you note that he listens. That's mostly what his podcasts about. It's him listening, um, which is, uh, and they're long. Bear in mind the podcasts about an hour and a half. Most of them an hour and a half long. I'm fascinating, and I, I, and I picked up on his intellect you know, the MIT, working in the banks, they picked the brightest brains, he was, I think, a straight-A student. So I learned about Brian's um, his past, his history, his current, and, and the struggles he's been through. And I thought, this is a guy I can trust. And I know there's been the trolls and the stuff they come out with. I, I find them hilarious, actually. Um, but and this is something that trolls uh, attack, and it's something I'm, I'm... It makes me angry, actually. I... One of the... One of the qualities that I think Brian's got in bucket loads is integrity. I, 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 I've, met, I've met Brian several times, obviously. I've listened to him and I'm a good reader. I've been around a lot. You know, I, I have done quite a lot in my life. I've been a bit of an adventurer. And if I can't read people at my age with the experience I've got, then I may as well give up. And Brian, to me, uh, let's put it this way. If Brian is a con man, he is the greatest con man that I've ever met or heard of or seen in my life, and he's the best actor. He deserves an Oscar. So what I'm trying to say there in reverse is he is a genuine, sincere person with integrity, and, uh, uh, and he's sharp as a button. He's got policies that are good for this city. He's got the um, business background to sort this city out. London doesn't need just another politician it needs a CEO to run it and I think in Bryan we've got the best CEO for this city that we could possibly have. Do you think
0: do you think they will let him into the city hall? I mean if someone like him with integrity, genuineness, he'll be the only politician with (laughs) integrity who's 100% genuine. It must must be terrifying to most politicians to have someone like him. uh,
1: Well, I I don't think Brian's terrified at all. I think Brian is. No, he's not
0: frightened, but politicians are frightened.
1: Well, they're going to have to get used to it, aren't they? (laughs) (laughs) Simple as that. You asked me yesterday, um, was I as sure that Brian will be the mayor that I was about beating cancer? And you put me on the spot because I explained to you that I have a, uh, when people say they have a gut feel about something or a sixth sense, how I interpret, interpret that is that is the total sum of every thing they've ever seen, touched, listened to, or been a part of it's every experience subconsciously and consciously, that they have had in their entire life. And I mean in the womb as well, because we know children can hear things or, or unborn children are aware, there's an awareness. So everything from, from the moment you're conceived, I think that's what we call your gut feel or sixth sense. And that's what keeps people alive in situations when they think what's going on, there's something happening, who's that following me, what's happening? You know, It's the thing that makes you aware. It alerts you to danger. It'll, it will it, it, it works for you. So my gut feel has served me extremely well throughout my life. It's very rarely wrong. And so I have a gut feel that Brian will be our next mayor. Now, if you look at the intellect, the conscious mind, the brain, that's far more analytical. And it goes, my God, you know, but, Sadiq Khan has got the Asian and the Muslim vote, and that's a huge chunk of people who I think are like this. They are blinkered, their grandfathers vote this way, their fathers and their mothers vote this way, their uncles vote this way, and so they will vote that way, you know, and it's you can't change that. So intellectually, I think, you know, he's got a bigger fight on his hand than than my gut feel tells me. So intellectually, i say, could be a close run thing. And I can't be certain from up here, but my gut feel is we're taking City Hall.
0: And how will he change your life personally, do you think? Well,
1: Him being, being City
0: Hall, Hall, how will he change your life and your little dog's life?
1: He'll get rid of these bloody low traffic <laughs> networks for a start. I, I cannot tell you how angry... It makes me when you see these ill-thought-out, stupid plans uh, to cut congestion uh, and stop pollution. Um, you don't need to be. You don't need to be too clever to know that if you, if you, if, if right, the thing I. Use, if you block off streams and rivers, you're going to get a flood. Right. The way you get rid of excess water is open up the channels that the water will go down. If you relate that to roads, the way you clear traffic is to open up your roadways, not to close them and block them off. And already in my local neighbourhood, you can't drive. I, you know, I use a... a, a I accept like, that,
0: but I'd like to see, think that he's going to change more than just low traffic neighbourhoods.
1: Of course, but that, that's one of the... Pains of my life that I thought, you know, the other thing, I've got two young children. Um, I, I've got Leon, my son, who's 15, my daughter, Nicole, 16. Uh, and we live in East London. Um, it's allegedly not the safest place on the planet. Uh, I, I'm not too frightened. I'm six foot two, an ex-military, uh, very confident. But within a two minutes walk from here, there are people who have been stabbed to death. Um, Just another minute further on, there was uh, two young kids were shot and, you know, the knife crime statistics, statistics, and gun crime as well, we don't hear so much about gun crime these days, but the knife culture, the gang culture, the, um, I can't walk out my street for five minutes without smelling um, cannabis, you know, and... What I see is the uh, I, I'm not um, I'm not anti-cannabis per se, but what I do see is the people using it seem to me to to not be part of a productive society. They laze around. They do you know? And this I'm, I'm I'm only speaking about what I see on my street, mm-hmm. and I live in quite a nice part of East London. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got crime and Brian's <laughs> got the campaign of how to deal with that. And the reason he knows how to deal with it, he's had people in that studio on London Real who've been involved in gang uh, culture, who've been involved in knife crime, who've been involved in drugs. And they've said, you know, the initiatives that have being used don't work. This is the way to deal with it. This is the way. And, and so he's learned from the people who actually know And you can't beat that type of experience. And he's done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, thousands of hours of listening to the best and brightest brains on how to solve issues that we have as citizens of this city. And that's what he put in this manifesto. manifesto. Yeah. And so he has a plan and he knows how to work that plan. You know, the the 50,000 new homes by Christmas. When you say that to some people, they think that's impossible. Well, it's not, because he's got architects and, and city planners that have, have got a plan on how to do that. It's not Brian, it's not just Brian thinking this out of thin air or coming up with some nonsensical quote like Sadiq Khan going, jobs, jobs, jobs. That's what we're going to concentrate. Jobs, jobs, jobs. That's meaningless. You know, it's, it's a meaningless thing to say. Whereas Brian's got the manifesto with experts that have looked into it. He's spoken to people high up in the police force very high up, who uh, have told him how they want the police force to be run, the digitization of the police force, um, so that are I worry about my children. I, you know, my my son at fifteen um, is very tall. He is living in a society where people can come up and just stick a knife in you for no other reason than you might have a nice pair of trainers on, or they want your bag, or whatever. Da, 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 da. And something, something has to be done about that. And, and if you look at Sadiq Khan's um, uh, mayorship, knife crime has gone up every single year that he's been in office. Um, and, and that just shouldn't be happening. What, why hasn't he done something about that? I think Sadiq Khan is a failure as a mayor. He doesn't speak for me, he doesn't, doesn't he runs away from people, he doesn't talk, he doesn't engage. And, and Brian has been the complete opposite. And I think when he's in office, I'm pretty certain. Uh, Do you like that? When he's in office. That was uh, subconscious talking to you there. When he's in office, he will still speak to people in the way he does now. Through social media, which is the modern way. It, it's you know, When did you last see Sadiq Khan on, a, on Instagram talking to people? Just doesn't happen, does it?
0: No. Okay. Thank you, Phil. My God. I mean, you're a man of passion, intellect and an open heart. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. You too. So what should we do in the next week and a half?
1: We have to pull the stops out. We have to take personal responsibility for getting out. As I said on a post, actually, by 10 o'clock on the 6th of May, There should not be a single leaflet, sticker, manifesto left in somebody's pocket or bag or box or cupboard. They should all be out there. And it's we, the inner circle and the volunteers for the campaign, have got to make sure that not a single leaflet is not given out on the streets, through a letterbox. You're right. Or on a car. Yeah. And if we do that then we've done our duty uh, as best we can. In fact, here's something. Um, I used to use this in the army, uh, this, this phrase. Somebody yeah, say, it sound
0: like, you sound like an army officer talking. Well, was very I was never, I, I, an I, army officer with a heart talking. I
1: was never an officer, that's an insult. I was a, a non-commissioned officer. <laughs> Sorry, I was a, okay. an <laughs> army man. That's an army joke, by the way. That's Literally an army man, joke. But people used to say, oh, I tried my best, I did my best. And I say to them, sometimes your best isn't good enough. You have to do what's necessary. Okay. I'll I'll get on on to it right away.
0: And And I'd like to tell everyone listening to this podcast to please um, if you haven't signed up already, please join our movement to change, transform London. So please go to BrianFermeyer.com and sign up as a volunteer.
1: Yes. And if you don't do that, if you don't, when you vote, Vote Brian Rose, and he's my final word on this. Some people are so committed to their own party that they will vote for their own party candidate. But I'm asking those people to tick the second vote you have for Brian. If you want to go with your conscience and vote Conservative, your candidate, or Lib Dem, or that other bloke, <laughs> at least tick the second box of Brian Rose, because that second vote, could put us in City Hall. Okay. That's my my final word on the subject.
0: Thank you very much, Phil. Let's keep on going. Bye.
1: Bye.